Hi, everybody. Welcome. Week four, NBA season recap. So I've been laying down. You know, I release the sports and shorts of sorts podcast every Monday. This NBA stuff, I just get a, I get a little too much into it and then uh, can't have it with the other podcasts. So that's why we do this recap. If you're a hoop head, hopefully you're loving it. I'm Ren City. Let's talk some hoops. And just like we always do, we start in the Atlantic Division. And uh, let's start with who I'd say is probably the best team in the Eastern Conference, perhaps the best team in the league. Austin Celtics had to wear this jersey because of it. Celtics went 3-1 and one this past week. All of the games were one-possession games. They beat the Raptors in a close in-season tournament game. They won a real tight one against the Grizzlies where they almost lost at the buzzer. <laughs> then they lost in overtime to the Hornets where you're like, what? What the hell? But they'd follow that by beating the Milwaukee Bucks. Drew Holiday didn't light it up in that game, but he played great defense against the team that traded him. Of course, the Bucks having shift off Holiday in order to make it work to get Lillard. But, man, these Celtics are playing some of the best basketball in the league right now. Like I said, the Hungry Hornets team caught them off guard, but this team is showing that they're legit title contenders. Jason Tatum continuing to put a, his hat in the MVP race because he's showing the real deal here. He's I think he's made that next step even more. And this team's got some depth, you know, in their win over the Bucks, Seven of the eight players that scored, scored in double figures. So they're doing it from all over here. It's Really scary team right now, so we'll go for the Celtics. The Sixers, they went 2-2 two and two this past week. They took down the Hawks in an in-season tournament game before pounding the Nets, but they lose a tight one in overtime to the Cavs. And then Joel Embiid had some hip soreness, and he missed the game against the Timberwolves. And without Embiid, the Timberwolves, they beat him up on inside, and they didn't really have a chance. So, you know, despite their two-game losing streak, this is a really good team. Obviously, with... Joel Embiid's not in the game. They're not the same team, and hopefully this hip injury isn't a lingering one. But he's still leading the league and scoring 31.9 a game. Like, unreal. Maxi's averaging 26.3, and Tobias has stepped his game up a bit here with Kelly Oubre out with that whatever injury he's picked up from whatever happened. So Sixers got some tough games coming up this week against the Thunder, Lakers, and Pelicans. So... They could lose all three of those. We'll see. This is a tough test, an early test for the Sixers team. And uh, we'll go to the Big Apple. The Knicks went 2-1 and one this week, beating the Wizards in an in-season tournament game before beating up on the Hornets. Their lone loss was to that tough Timberwolves team. And Jalen Brunson got some love in the NBA Eastern Player of the Week for his play, leading the Knicks in scoring at 24.2 a game. R.J. Barrett, he's done well. And Julius Randle's really improved from his early struggles we've talked about on this show. So he's really elevated. Both those guys, Barrett and Randle, need to play a little little better even for this next team to move to that next level. But Mitchell Robinson's doing his thing. He's offensively rebounding like Dennis Rodman, which is really high praise in the talk of rebounding. Uh, Raptors, they went 2-2 two and two this week as well. Up and down for sure, losing a tight one to the Celtics in an in-season tournament game and then blowing the Pistons out before getting beat down by the Magic in Orlando. And they'd follow that up. This was a hell of a game against the Pacers. Pascal Siakam, he put put the Raptors on his back a bit on this one, going for 36-10 and 10 to take the comeback win. But like I said, this Raptors team is t- kind of hard to read. You have six guys averaging double figures. And when Pascal or Scotty Barnes roll, this is like, this team looks the real deal. But, and then they come out and throw it a dud like they did against the Magic. So 
it's hard to see what this team's identity is under Coach Darko right now. It's still early in the season, like I said, with a new coach. But, yeah, very tough to read this Raptors team right now. Uh, wrapping up the the Atlantic Division, we go to Brooklyn. Tough week for the Nets, going 0-3. Losing to the, the Heat before getting beaten up by the Sixers. Then they lose a pretty wild overtime game against the Hawks. But, uh it didn't end well. Lonnie Walker didn't even get his tying shot up to try to beat the buzzer and tie the game there. But Mikel Bridges looked good in that loss, going for 45 points and 10 rebounds. Huge night for him. But the absences of Cam Thomas and Ben Simmons, it's really starting to affect that team. It's pretty big holes in the lineup right now. And if you can even get one of those guys back, you can maybe turn some of these L's and the W's. But one thing, this team never gives up. They're always giving it all for Coach Jacques So... Yeah, tough division, the Atlantic there. Um, the Central, you start with the leaders, the Milwaukee Bucks, putting up some pretty big scoring numbers, going 3-1, and one, demolishing the Hornets in an in-season tournament game. And then Giannis and Dame were able to outduel Kyrie and Luka as they beat the Mavs. They pound the Wizards, and then they'd suffer their only loss to the Boston Celtics. I mean, this team's got six guys averaging double figures. Giannis is at 29.6, while Dame's averaging 24.8. But they need to fine-tune this defense here. I mean, don't want to beat a dead buck here. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're struggling on the defensive end. And like I said, they put up huge offensive numbers this week. But you can't really hide that in the playoffs. So we'll see what Adrian Griffin can do for this team defensively. Go to Indiana. The Pacers went 1-2 and two this week. Caught a little off guard by the Orlando Magic. They were down 40 points at one point in that loss. They beat the Hawks in a, another in-season tournament shootout. There's been some good in-season tournament games, and this was one. They won 157 to 152. Tyrese Halliburton went 37 and 16 in that. Then they lose that tight one to the Raptors I alluded to earlier. Buddy Heald, he was hot all game. He had a chance at a three at the buzzer to beat the Raptors, but didn't go that way. They'd lose the game. But uh, despite that tough week, this team's looking really good. And I, they're my dark horse I picked at the beginning of the year. And Tyrese Halliburton's playing at an insane level right now. This team has eight guys averaging double figures. But similar to Milwaukee, they got to tune it up defensively. Um, the Cavaliers, they're starting to look like the team we expected them to be. And this past week, they didn't even have Donovan Mitchell, and they went 3-1. and one. Winning a close one against the Pistons, they followed that up by beating the Denver Nuggets, and then they beat the Sixers in OT, where Darius Garland would go for 32 points and eight dimes. But the next night on a back-to-back, they'd have to face the Heat, and they were never really in that one. They looked a little tired from the OT game the night before. And this is all, like I said, without Donovan Mitchell. When he comes back, we'll see even more potential of what this Cavs team can do. Uh, we go to Chicago in the Windy City here. They went 1-3 and three this past week, losing to the Magic in an end-season tournament game. And they were down 22-1 to one at one point. The home crowd was booing them in this game against the Heat. Did not look good, but they they battled back, and they actually won that game. They played the the Heat the next game, and they'd be down again. This time they wouldn't come back, and when they'd come back and make it close, but they'd lose that one. And then they played OKC, and they got beat down. And makes you wonder, like, what's going to happen first? Is Zach Levine going to get traded, or is Billy Donovan going to get fired? I feel one of these are happening soon, and it's it's a coin flip on which one it's going to be. I don't know, Levine looks disgruntled there, and, like, he's balling out some nights, but, yeah, trouble in Chicago, and uh, this all started with that Lonzo Ball knee injury. They were at the top of the East when that happened. 
so long ago, it seems. Now Lonzo, we never know when he's coming back. This team's going to get blown up or the coach is getting fired or both. But, yeah, tough times for the Bulls. Speaking of tough times, we'll end this division with the Detroit Pistons. Man, this team, they're struggling. 0-3 this past week, bringing their losing streak to 12 games. Ugh. They were in the game in their one in-season tournament game against the Cavs, but lost late, and the Raptors game was a wash. But the Nuggets game, that one probably hurt the most. You had Mike Malone getting ejected in the first quarter. You have Nikola Jokic getting injected. You're like, you know what? Maybe the Pistons are going to pull this one off. And it was trending that way, but late, former Pistons, Reggie Jackson and Contavious Caldwell-Pope, they killed this team late. I feel for them, you know? They're, they're usually in games, but this is... Confidence killing right now. Losing twelve in a row can't be good for the psyche. Cam Cunningham or Cade Cunningham, sorry, has already gone publicly and said we're not playing good ball right now. We kind of suck. So not not very good. But the one like bright spot here. Well, they have a few bright spots, but one I think is really bright. Rookie Asar Thompson. He's averaging a double double. Eleven point three points per game. Ten rebounds per game. A steal and almost two blocks. Like. That is all-around play that you're getting out of a rookie. The sky's the limit for this guy. They just need to keep fighting. Hopefully, we can get some Ws here. Uh, wrapping up the Eastern Conference, going to the Southeast. We have a shared uh, record at the top of this division, but one is slightly ahead on a tiebreaker. That's the Orlando Magic. This team's been hot. Going 4-0 the past week, beating up on the Bulls in the season tournament game. They follow that up by beating the Pacers, like I alluded to, with that massive lead. And then in their other in-season tournament game, they pound the Raptors there. and But their biggest win was probably against the Denver Nuggets at home here. The Jokic had a triple-double, but it did not matter. A two-headed beast of Paulo Bancaro, Franz Wagner. There's just something else. And they had Cole Anthony play huge off the bench in that win, but this team is making that next step right in front of our eyes here. And we all know about Bancaro and Wagner, as we should, but I keep Again, beating this horse here with Suggs and Cole Anthony. Their progression from last year to now, that's the difference maker. It's huge. Joe Ingles, and he's showing the importance of a veteran on a rookie team. What Ingles has brought to this team. He's not logging tons of minutes, but you can tell his presence there is really helping the Magic. They're doing phenomenal things here. Um, he, the team that shares the same win-loss record as the Magic, the Miami Heat. They went 3-1 and one this past week, beating the Nets before giving away that game to the Bulls, before proceeding to beat the Bulls the next game, and then beating up on that tired Cavaliers team. But this team's coming on their own here, you know, 9-1 and one in their last 10. We thought they'd be in a little trouble when Tyler Hero went down, but it's been the opposite. Bam Adebayo has been amazing. Jimmy Butler's playing a lot better than he did at the beginning of the year. Duncan Robinson, he had a bad regular season last year. He's really bounced back. But like I say, the biggest difference maker I talked about at the end of last episode, Yami Yakez Jr. Man, this guy, former UCLA player. This rookie's awesome. I, I don't like the phrase heat culture, but this guy fits the heat culture. He is definitely a Pat Riley kind of player. Then you go to the Atlanta Hawks. The Hawks went one and two this week, but they did have some tough ones. They'd lose at home in an in-season tournament game to the Sixers following that out with that wild shootout loss to the Pacers. But then they get an OT win against the Nets, that tough one where Bridges balled out there. Young balled out too, though, and won that duel. And this Hawks team is showing that, you know, they can score with anyone. But like some other teams that I talked about earlier in the show, they're defensively struggling, you know. And uh, these losses in the past week, sure, you can't just try to outscore your opponent and 
not worry about defense, but the continuous growth of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray in the backcourt's looking really good. They have seven guys averaging double figures, so if they can just tune it up a bit defensively, this Hawks team can make that next step. Next up, Charlotte Hornets. They went 2-2 two and two this past week. Pretty good for them. They got destroyed by the Bucks in that in-season tournament game, following that up with a beatdown by the Knicks. But they kind of shocked the sports world by beating the Celtics in overtime. LaMelo Ball, oh, man, he hit some crazy shots, and he hit a wild one the force OT. But the biggest shot of the night was Miles Bridges. He hit a big three in that one to seal the win for the Hornets. Then the Hornets beat the Wizards in a game where they stormed back and had a hell of a fourth quarter to take the win. Another huge night for LaMelo Ball, who, like I said, he's been on a tear of late. Miles Bridges played great as well, going for 33-10, and 10, but I've alluded to it before. It's tough rooting for Bridges, so, like, man, he, he was one of my favorite players to watch. And then he got on all this shit with he assaulting his partner in front of his kids. I know he's served his suspension and he's back in the league, but... Mixed feelings watching this guy. Like, you're like, why is this guy out there? And the thing is, he's really good. And like these, this Hornets team, they're gonna make a turn here. They went two and two this past week. I'm expecting them to get some more wins here, and he's gonna be the difference why. But then you look at it, and you're like, man, you, you know what this guy did? Everyone knows what he did. But uh, it's the league, I guess. We'll wrap up the Eastern Conference with the. Bottom-feeding Washington Wizards. They went 0-3 this past week. They lost seven in a row. They had the big losses in the in-season tournament game to the Knicks. Massive loss to the Bucks. And then, like I said, they looked like they had control against the Hornets, but they lost it late. And this team's having a rough go. Really bad at defense. They give up layups and dunks like hotcakes. And offensively, they're just not consistent enough, you know? There's rumblings that the Wizards are already looking at shipping off Jordan Poole, who they had had returned to them in exchange for the Bradley Beal trade. And Kyle Kuzma's doing what he can for this team. And Denny Advidia, Advidia, oh my God, I can never get his name. He's from Israel. Denny Advidia, I mentioned his name. He's having a good season, though. But the rest of the season, that outlook does not look good for the Wizards here. Well, I don't know what's going to turn them around. But uh, going to the West, we'll start in the Northwest. Perhaps the biggest surprise of the season. It's amazing play of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Went 3-0 this past week and gone 10-1 and in their last 11. Like, won a tight one against the Pelicans before beating up on the Knicks and the Embiid-less 76ers. And this team's looking like the real deal. Many said it takes a lot of time to try to play with Rudy Gobert. A lot of people said that when they were struggling and continued to struggle. But I think they're, they've learned. They know how to play with them. The Wolves are there now. Their defense is unreal right now. And Anthony Edwards is the guy you want heading this beast. He is the right attitude. He, he's one of my favorite players to watch right now. And, like, Carl Anthony Towns, I don't think he can be the Anthony Edwards head guy. But that second fiddle role, he is great in there. And he's he's showing some aggressiveness that we haven't seen in a while. I think this team's the real deal. I think Chris Finch needs to start getting some Coach of the Year consideration. Um, next up in that division, the Oklahoma City Thunder. They went 4-0 this past week, winning six in a row in total. Pounded the Warriors. And then they'd follow that up with a tight OT win over the Warriors. Chet Holmgren hit a it was beautiful turnaround three-pointer to force overtime right at the buzzer. It was crazy. And then uh, they took advantage in overtime and won that. And they got easy wins against the Trailblazers and the Bulls. And this young OKC team, they've arrived now. They were happy to get in the playing game last season, but this season you can tell there's bigger aspirations here. 
Shea Gildas Alexander continues his all NBA play. He's averaging 30.4 a game, six boards, six times, and 2.4 steals a game. They have six guys averaging double figures. And Chad Holmgren, I mentioned his buzzer beater. This guy, he continues to impress. What a talent at his size. Like, he may have usurped Wemby for that number one rookie of the year spot right now. A lot of p- people picked him before the season to win. I thought Wemby'd be a shoe in, but I thought Chet might be close, but. Man, he's good. Um, last year's champs, the Denver Nuggets, had a tough week. They went one and three, losing a tight one to the Pels in an in-season tournament game. They followed that up with a road loss to the Cavs, and their lone win was against a, a Pistons team who I mentioned earlier should have probably won that with Mike Malone and Jokic getting ejected. But then the, they lose to a Magic team. You know, the Magic are tough. And despite that tough week, this is a really good team. The Jamal Murray absence is real, though. Reggie Jackson stepped up and played really well, but everyone's gunning for the champs. They're supposed to get the the best of the opposition each night, and they just need to close these games off better. They will. Nikola Jokic is playing phenomenal still, rather than that ejection, I guess. <laughs> but uh, next up, Portland Trailblazers. They went 1-3 and three this past week, losing the Lakers in an in-season tournament game. They follow that up by getting blown out by the Thunder. And then getting blown out by the Suns. But uh, the latter, an in-season tournament game. And then they get their lone win over the division rival Utah Jazz, where Jeremy Grant and Malcolm Brogdon led the way, the two vets carrying them that night. This young team continues to take its lumps, though. At least number three overall pick, Scott, or Scoot Henderson, sorry, returned to the lineup in that Jazz game. So it's good to see him back on the floor. And then wrapping up that division, who I just mentioned, the Utah Jazz, they had a tough week. They went 0-4. They lost by three to the Suns in an in-season tournament game, and they'd have a rematch with them, and it was an even tighter game with the Suns going the double overtime. And Laurie Markkinen would take a three to try to tie the game. Ref would call a foul. They're like, oh, my God. But Coach Vogel for the Suns would challenge it, and they would determine that KD did not foul the big Finn. And uh, I didn't agree with the call, but it's not my call to make. So that was a tough loss. The Jazz would then get destroyed by the Lakers in an in-season tournament game before losing out to the Blazers, like I just mentioned there. But tough go for this team. Laurie Markman still balling out, leading the team with 23.7 points a game. Jordan Clarkson has shown flashes lately, but he still needs to be more consistent and elevate his game for this team to start getting some more Ws. But at least they're giving it all every night. That's all you can ask for out of a young team. Going to that tough Pacific division, the division of death here, we'll start with a team that, you know, everyone in this division has at least six wins, so that's better than some other divisions. The Atlantic is also up there. But we'll start with the Phoenix Suns. They went 4-0 this past week. Started off with those close wins against the Utah Jazz that I mentioned. And uh, they beat the Trailblazers in another in-season game before beating the Warriors at home. Beal's still out for the Suns, but having Booker and KD back together, that's been... It's really made a difference. KD's been holding down the fort. He's been killing it, averaging 31.4 points per game. And in the win over the Blazers, he passed legend Alvin Hayes to move into 11th place on the NBA's all-time scoring list. So I see KD moving up that list as we go on through this season. Uh, but Booker, man, he's come back. He's averaging 28 points a game. It's huge. But big shout-outs to Eric Gordon, Grayson Allen. Massive for this Suns team, really making a difference. And then we go to Sacramento for the Kings. They went 2-2 two and two this past week, picking up an in-season tournament win over the Spurs before going into Dallas and beating a tough Mavs team. That was their sixth in a row. But then the Kings had, had a little bit of trouble with the Pelicans. They'd play them twice in New Orleans, and they'd proceed to lose both games. But 
It's looking like the Kings have kind of found their groove since Fox returned from injury, minus those two Pelican losses, I guess. But he's averaging 30 points a game, Sabonis averaging a double-double with seven assists. His team has six guys averaging double figures, and they could have a seventh. Trey Lyles has returned to the team. Saskatoon guy, give a shout-out there. But, uh, yeah, this team, I feel like uh, there's still a team to be reckoned with here. Let's not count them out after those two losses to the Pels. We'll go to La La Land. Let's talk the Lakers. They went 3-1 this past week, picking up that in-season tournament win over the Blazers with uh, vintage LeBron James performance against the Rockets. 37 points, 6 boards, 8 dimes. Can I say vintage? He's still doing it, and it hasn't changed. So, I mean, it's print, I guess. But they cruised to another in-season tournament win over the Jazz before losing a tough one to the Mavs at home. LeBron had a chance to tie it at the buzzer after Kyrie hit a big shot, but LeBron would catch all iron in that one. But this Lakers team, they're starting to get things going. AD's looking great this year, and it looks like Darvin Hand's kind of figuring his bench out a little more. They had a lot of new pieces, so it would take some time to get it figured, but can't emphasize the, like how outrageous LeBron James is. He's in his 21st season in the NBA, and he's putting up these kind of numbers. It's it's unreal. People playing in the NBA that long shouldn't be doing this, so let's – Let's not take this for granted. Sticking with LA, let's talk Clippers. Uh, they went 3-0 this past week, and they're undefeated since Russell Westbrook asked to get moved to the bench. Admirable move by the Hall of Famer, or future Hall of Famer. Not a lot of guys would be willing to do that or even ask to do that. But they beat the Rockets in a chippy in-season tournament game. They beat up on my Spurs twice. In that first game against the Spurs, James Harden, oof, he put, put Wembenyama on roller skates. Not a good highlight. But with Russ going on the bench, it's opened things up off offensively on the starting unit. And now you have Russ coming off and going up against other teams' second units. It's looked really good. I know it's a small sample size. But I think one of the biggest things for the Clippers that might not be talked about enough is Daniel Tice. The big German is just filled in perfect with the Clippers. You knew when Mason Plumley got hurt, they'd be lacking backup centers. You, you need that in this league. And Daniel Tice has come in and he's done great. Like I said, the big German is doing phenomenal things. He seems to do great wherever he goes. I know he's an undersized center, but the guy puts out, you know, going to the basement of the division, which is weird to say. The Golden State Warriors, they went 1-3 and three this past week, losing back-to-back games to the Thunder. They bounced back and win a tough one against the Rockets before losing to the Phoenix Suns. The, lad, the latter game there was being officiated by Scott Foster, and we know his history with Chris Paul, so... Of course, Chris Paul gets thrown out of this game <laughs> against his old club. And, uh, yeah, the Warriors are spiraling a bit right now. They've won one of the last eight. Stephen Cur- Stephen Curry's doing his thing. Clay Thompson's kind of looking like a shell of his old self. He had a pretty good shooting night early on against the Suns, but he's not looking like a splash brother right now, maybe in a birdbath. But uh, Draymond Green's returning from suspension soon in the upcoming week. That should help the team bounce back a little, but... Yeah, they got to figure something out there. The Warriors are not looking like the Warriors of old right now, and Steve Kerr's got to figure that out. But um, finishing up with our team wrap-ups, we'll go to the Southwest Division. Start with division-leading Dallas Mavericks. They went 1-2 and two this past week. Had some tough games. They lost a tight one in Milwaukee and followed that up with a home loss to the Kings. Their lone win was a tight one over the Lakers. That's uh, alluded to earlier where LeBron missed that buzzer beater. But, yeah, it looked like the Lakers were going to come back in that one. And Kyrie, kind of the run killer, he did what he had to do to get the win in that one. Big. Him and, I don't know, him and Luca are just something else. We, 
I was even questionable, but a lot of people said, how would these guys work? And right now they're looking pretty good. What a one-two punch they are. And Tim Hardaway Jr. is advocating for that six-man-of-the-year award still. And this team's got depth. It seems each night someone different steps up and helps Luka and Kyrie. You know those guys are there each night, but it's like, who's helping this night? Is it Josh Green? Is it Derek Jones Jr.? Are we throwing up 10 lobs to Derek Lively? It's... It's a very, very deep team, and I think they're a scary team. Luka's putting up MVP numbers, 30.5 points a game, eight boards, eight dimes, really big numbers. But probably the possibly the biggest surprise of the season, I'd put it right up there with the Timberwolves, but the Houston Rockets. I know they went 1-3 and three this past week, but they had some tough ones. They lost to the Clippers, Lakers, and Warriors, all road games, before they went home and beat the Grizzlies. But like I said, these guys have tough matchups, and they're in every game. This young squad's learning on the fly and, dare I say, be in contention for the playoffs, which, beginning of the year, which would have sounded really ridiculous, just shows you how good of a coach Ime Adoka really is. He's changed the entire dynamic of the locker room. I mentioned the vets, Fred Van Vliet, Dylan Brooks, Jeff Green. They're huge. We know that. And like I mentioned earlier with Ingles and Orlando, vets on a young team are important. The proof is in the pudding. But, uh... A lot of teams are forgetting that. And one of my favorite things about the Rockets to watch is the continuous growth of the Turkish big man, Alperin Sengun. This guy, scoring 20.2 a game, leading the, leading the team. He's got eight boards a game, five assists. And then that game against the Lakers, down the clutch there in the clutch times, the Rockets were going to him, and he'd go at AD, and he'd go at LeBron with no fear. You'd love to see that out of him, man. Another European big man coming out of the league and doing great things. Crazy. We'll head on down to the Bayou where the Pelicans, they went 3-1 and one this week, beating the Nuggets in an in-season tournament game, losing a tight one to the Wolves until – and they seem to be the thorn in the paw of the Kings, like I said, beating them twice. And the, a big part of it has been the return of pesky guard Jose, Jose Alvarado. He's missed a lot of games, but Grand Theft Alvarado's back, and he's doing his thing. He's a spark plug and then some. Ingram and Williamson down the stretch in these games is just something to be reckoned with. Williamson on a pick and roll. If he's rolling to the hoop, it's he's scoring or getting fouled. It's there's nothing you can do. <laughs> and this they've been doing it without CJ McCollum, who's still out with injury. But I feel like this team is about to make the turn here. They're they're getting hot. They're look they're getting good. And uh, we'll go walking in Memphis, where the Grizzlies went one and two this week, picking up their third win of the season over my Spurs. The game where they were down all first half, but it really turned in the second, especially the fourth quarter. Grizzlies did what they had to do to come back and win that game. I still don't know how that happened. Then they lose a tight one, I mentioned to you, against the Celtics, where they would lose a two-point game to them. But this team, and they lose another game to the Rockets, so that was their other loss there. But uh, this team continues to fight despite all the injuries, you know, and that John Moran suspension. Desmond Bain continues to score at will for this team. Could be a pick for most improved player. I don't know. But uh, really been digging the play of Santi Aldama lately. Minus that Rockets game. He really struggled. But the Spaniard, he's starting to do the most with the opportunities he's been getting of late. We'll wrap up this uh, team segment here with uh, the bottom of the West, my San Antonio Spurs. They went 0-4 this past week and have now lost 10 in a row. They lose to the Kings in an in-season tournament game before that dreadful collapse against the Grizzlies where I still don't know how they lost. And then they lose two straight to the Clippers. But it's what happens when you're a young team. You take your lumps. 
Wembenyama's been hearing a lot of how Holmgren might take his trophy. I've even been saying it. But he bounced back in that second game against the Clippers, 22 points, 15 boards. He's he's developing. He might still take that trophy. That rookie of the year thing might go down to the end here. But weird scene with uh, Popovich there. He showed how much he cares about his players as the Spurs fans started to boo Kawhi Leonard. And he grabbed the mic and said, hey, stop booing. We don't do that here. Which you don't see that very often. That was a first for me. But uh, let's hopeful. Hopefully he can inspire his team through those actions, and they can get a little, little better and get a W here. But that's that's all the teams there. We wrapped them up. We went through each division. Uh, how do you feel about your team? I, I'm not feeling very good about my Spurs right now. I do love watching Wemby play, and I know you gotta take your lumps before you can get your wins. So hopefully we can get some wins and. In the stats here, we still have four guys averaging over 30 a game. You got Joel Embiid, like I said, leading the league at 31.9. Just behind him, but still above 30. You got the Suns, Kevin Durant, Dallas, Luka Doncic, and OKC's SGA. You got Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, De'Aaron Fox, and Donovan Mitchell just under 30 at 29 points per game. And you have Nikola Jokic leading the league in rebounds at 13.1. Just behind him is Sacramento's DeMontis Sabonis. Lakers, Anthony Davis, Timberwolves, Rudy Gobert, and Knicks, Mitchell Robinson, who I mentioned earlier with his insane offensive rebound prowess that he's got going on this year. Tyrese Halliburton continues to lead the league and assists with his amazing play at 12.3. The only other above 10 is Trey Young at 10.7. Anthony Davis shares the blocks per game lead with Milwaukee's Brooke Lopez. And, uh... Shea Gildas Alexander leading the league in assists, like I mentioned earlier. So big guys putting up some big numbers here, which brings us to the Ren City top five. A little consistency is the top as who stays at the top? The Boston Celtics. Rounding out the top five, you got the Timberwolves, Oklahoma City Thunder, the Orlando Magic, and Phoenix Suns. So like I said, the Celtics stay at the top. They look great all week, and they had that one loss to the Hornets on top in overtime, but they continue to look like a title threat this season. The Timberwolves could have stuck into that number one spot. They're just outside there. But they, like I said, they look like the real deal. Chris Finch. Let's talk more about Chris Finch here. Coach of the year, possibly. One of the hottest teams in the league, winning 10 of their last games. So you got to do something there. That number two on the list. Oklahoma City, they moved on to the list. First time for them. They're six in a row, so they're one of the youngest teams in the league, but they're in win mode right now. It's great to see one of the best players in the league come from Canada. Shea Gildas, Alexander. Love watching him play. Love watching OKC play. Here we go. Another young team, the Orlando Magic, right? In that fourth spot. They've been feeling themselves, right? Winning five in a row. This is a team showing that they want to skip the developmental stages a bit, and they want to win now, too. They're young. They'll beat you down if you're not prepared. And like I said, rounding out the list, Phoenix Suns. They've won five in a row themselves, and they're starting to come in their own as well. Booker healthy. That's really made the difference. KD's been holding down the fort admirably. Like I said, he's second in the league in scoring. That duo is doing some damage, and I preached it. I'll continue to preach it. Eric Gordon and Grayson Allen, you need role players doing their role. They've been huge for this team. So it's a little bit of a different list than last time. The Celtics and the Wolves were my only carryovers from the top five last week. OKC, Orlando, and Phoenix crashed the party deservedly. So that meant Denver, Dallas, and Philly dropped off the list. But don't count those teams out. It's tough just to pick a top five. I should have went 10 or something because five is tough. But one thing I know is Boston, Celtics, are still creaming the crop. So bringing us to the MVP discussion, 
the Celtics being the best team, in my opinion, right now. I still have Jason Tatum leading that MVP race. Just behind him, you got Luka Doncic, Jokic, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo. They're right there. But I think we need to start putting Anthony Edwards in this discussion, right? He's the best player on one of the best teams in the league right now. So I think he's got to be in here. And dare I say, we may get an MVP trophy back in Minnesota for the first time since Kevin Kevin Garnett. Let's see. But going to that rookie of the year discussion again, I don't think Wembenyama's in the driver's seat anymore. Like I said, Chet Holmgren, he's he slithered into that number one spot, and that buzzer beater force OT against the Warriors, I think, really did it. But th- this will go on all season. Wembenyama's going to hear the talk. He's going to bounce back a bit. It'll be it'll be interesting to see who takes that. And what do you guys think the end season tournament? I'm I'm digging it. I'm liking it. Some groups are more wrapped up than others. And remember, the winner of each of the six groups advance to the knockout stages. There's one wild card for each conference. So in the East, Group A has been clinched by the Pacers, so they're already advanced. Group B and C could go a few different directions. Out West, the Lakers, they've already clinched Group A. They went undefeated in all their games, so they're moving on. And much like the East, Groups B and C, they're still up for grabs. There's remaining games going on on Black Friday, and then they wrap up Tuesday, November 28th. And then, uh, then we're on to the knockout stages. That's when the fun really starts, I guess. I think the tournament has been cool. It's not everyone's cup of tea. I'm for it. I'm for it. I like it. Uh, adding a new dimension to some earlier regular season games that some people might not care about otherwise. So any anything to promote the game, I'm all for it. But, uh, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's week four recap in a nutshell here. Um, some good basketball getting played out there. A few top-notch teams and a uh, few teams below them in this middle tier, I guess. And we'll see who starts to separate. I imagine Minnesota should keep up their great play. The Warriors should probably turn their losing ways around, I'm thinking, when Draymond Green comes back. But uh, we'll see. Some other hot teams, I think, that'll still stay cooking. OKC, Orlando, and Phoenix, who are in the top five. I imagine they'll continue the hot play. Denver, they'll need to bounce back with those tough losses. But keep your eyes on Charlotte. Like I said, a little bit of controversy with that roster. But I see them turning the corner and doing some damage here. And let's, uh, let's cross our fingers for young, struggling teams. Detroit and San Antonio. Hopefully they can ruin their long losing streaks. And uh, Washington fans, uh, good luck to you, I guess. <laughs> so uh, there's no games on for American Thanksgiving, so maybe keep your eyes on football today. But, um, yeah, a lot of games going on Black Friday and season tournament games and some big matchups coming up. So keep your eyes on the games. Some Real good games coming up, and hopefully your team wins unless they're playing mine. So thanks for coming out, guys. Ren City out.